Pressure is mounting on politicians in New South Wales, particularly those currently in government, about unfair, uneven and blatant funnelling of our money for political means. That is pork barrelling. There was your voice months ago when former Premier Berejiklian came out and defended pork barrelling on the basis that it wasn't illegal. Why didn't we hear from you then? that you disagreed with that and and that you took a different position. Why is it only once we get a change of premier we get this? Well, um, I've I've always had that view, Mr Shoebridge. Um, I obviously think that public money should be spent um, responsibly and in the interests of the public. Communities. So um, that's a position that I'll continue to have in this role, Mr Shoebridge. um, So will you support legislation to outlaw pork barrelling? Is, is that your end goal, to have legislation to outlaw pork barrelling, to actually make it illegal? Well, I mean, uh, I'm, that's a generic statement that you've made. Obviously, uh, we need to be no, not. not seeing pork no, barrelling, um, uh, but we'll have to see the detail of the legislation. But do you agree with the basic principle that the partisan use of public money to benefit mm. the political party in power over and above the public interest, which is a pretty good working definition of pork barrelling, that that should be illegal? Do you agree with that proposition? Well, I agree with the proposition that taxpayer money should be spent in a transparent, fair and accountable way. All right, we'll leave it there. Well, let's hope from now on it will be. Uh, Premier Dominic Perrottet again distancing himself from his predecessor and ordering a review of grants funding processes after the government was forced to defend itself against accusations of pork barrelling. Well, uh, I don't think they're accusations. I think they're well-established uh, well established records of pork barrelling. The most recent, of course, the $20 million funnelled into LNP seats, all but two uh, going to um, coalition-held seats in the school's uh, Department of Education program. $20 million bucks for renewable energy programs focused predominantly on coalition-held electorates. Chris Minns is the state opposition leader. Morning, Chris. Marcus, how are you? All right. Uh, can you say the words pork barrelling? It, it appears that Matt Keane can't. <laughs> pork barrelling. Thank you. But it's a practice that shouldn't happen in New South Wales, and you're, you're right to call it out. I mean, I think it's endemic inside the New South Wales government now. They've been in power for 10 years, and this. I think a group of them have cottoned on to the fact that if you just push money into your own electorates, come election time, you can never lose. But at the end of the day, everybody pays tax and it should be based on need, not the political needs of the government of the day. Well, that's absolutely right. I've been banging on about it. It's one of the main focuses of this program, uh, both at a state and federal level. And look, obviously, um, with what's occurred at the Independent Commission Against Corruption, we will have to wait a while for those findings. But I think there was plenty of evidence to suggest that, you know, money was being used to benefit MPs from the LNP in their own electorates and unfairly, you know, whether it's bushfire grants, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, better communities fant- uh, grants that were, were given after the uh, amalgamations of councils, etc. And the latest, of course, uh, being this renewable energy money being spent in uh, all but two LNP uh, held seats in the school classrooms. Not fair. Yeah. This is, this is irony uh, abound at this point, Marcus, because the day the Premier announced a review into pork barrelling, we discovered another one. Uh, the school's renewable energy pilot project, so it's got a grant pilot, but basically all it is is a, a fund to allow public schools 
to put up renewable energy solar panels on their roof to cut down their power bills. Get this, 23 of the 25 schools that were chosen were coalition schools. 92% of the projects went to government seats. Now, um, that's not fair. Everybody in the state pays tax, and it needs to be based on need, not on the whims of the government. And it seems to be part and parcel of the way the government does business. I mean, I heard Matt Keane, a clip on your show involving Matt Keane earlier. That's the, the, the Stronger Communities Fund is actually the worst or most egregious example of Paul yeah. Farrelling. $250 million, 95% of the money went to coalition-held seats or marginal electorates, including Hornsby. Mm. And if you'll indulge me for a second, Marcus, the problem with this fund is that it was meant to go to councils that were amalgamated. So they got a bit of extra money to cope with the amalgamation of their council. $90 million went to Hornsby Council, which, guess what, wasn't, wasn't amalgamated. Yep, yep, yep. All right, well, look, Mr Keane says that his involvement, his, with the grant was, quote, advocating for his community. That is a, a pretty commonly used get-out clause or excuse, if you like. Of course, every local MP is going to advocate for his or her own community. That's their job. I understand that. But we can't continue to allow people to use that as an excuse to justify the unfair distribution of New South Wales taxpayer dollars. Yeah, it's the Deirdre Chambers excuse from Muriel's wedding. Uh, You know, fancy (laughs) seeing you here. This happens over and again. The Stronger Communities Fund, again, Liberal MPs just say, oh, we were just advocating for our community. The Schools Renewable Energy Infrastructure Fund, the Greater Sydney Sports Facility Fund, even the West Invest Fund, which is a $5 billion fund meant to pick up the economies in Western Sydney after the lockdown, has excluded Georges River and Bayside Council from applying for it, but has included the Hills, which wasn't part of the LGAs of concern, Marcus. So, look, issue after issue... Fund after fund, grant after grant are being politicised. And at the end of the day, the Liberal Party has to understand it's not their personal money that they're distributing. It's the taxpayers of New South Wales, and it needs to be treated far more preciously than it currently is. Well, I mean, absolutely. We, we all pay an even amount, if you like, uh, you know, across electorates. Uh, just because somebody has, in their local electorate, has voted a certain way doesn't mean that they should miss out on infrastructure in their neck of the woods. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. I mean, in many cases with these grants, the applicants aren't even told that there's a grant available. It's just handpicked by government MPs or ministers uh, in senior positions, and the general public isn't given access to even apply for it. So how can you apply for a grant that hasn't been advertised, it isn't written down? Marcus, it stinks and it's not fair. All right. Uh, What's going on with our public transport system? Um, I know we've got a a new transport minister, um, but I I think that the last one has eyes elsewhere at the moment, possibly on a federal political career. I hope he he doesn't put on his CV, Andrew Constance, that he's done a a fairly decent job of procuring the right ferries and obviously keeping a a firm eye on the light rail system because one of the busiest, the inner west, uh, the T1 light rail that runs from uh, central to Dulwich Hill is out of action at least for a month. Yeah, out of action at least for a month. There's cracks in all 12 sets of these uh, Spanish-built light rail uh, in the inner west. So they'll be out of action for a month. And, Marcus, you've talked about this many times. We keep being told we can't have domestic manufacturing, we can't build these things here because they're too expensive. But let me run through the list. 
Ferries built in Indonesia and China can't run at night, won't fit under bridges. Korean-built trains, two, two years late. Spanish-built light rail, $1.7 billion over budget. There is no value for the taxpayer in these projects. And at the end of the day, how about we have a jobs program right here in New South Wales and back Aussie engineering and Aussie know-how? Seems to make sense to me. Uh, why is it that we continue to procure... Um these sorts of really important pieces of infrastructure for the people of New South Wales from overseas. It can't just be about the cost, surely. Well, I keep getting told, when I was first elected and these projects were signed into, into the contracts were signed by the then Transport Minister, I think it was Andrew Constance, and the, the constant line from the government was, oh, we'd love to build them here, but it's too expensive and it's far better to buy them off the shelf in foreign countries. But the, the record has been shambolic. All of them are either over budget, over time, or both. And I think we should draw a line in the sand. And importantly, as, as well, sorry, Chris, some Go not ahead. fit for purpose. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're procuring these things overseas and some of them riddled with asbestos, some of them not fitting under bridges, all it does when they get to our shores is add extra costs by having to uh, refurbish them. I mean, when I buy a car... I don't necessarily want to spend my own money again refurbishing the thing, or even a—I mean, a home is different, obviously. But if you buy a car, you know what you're getting. Yeah, I mean, at the same time as this federal government, the Commonwealth government was attempting to sell Australian ferry engineering and know-how to other countries, we were buying our ferries from Indonesia and China. And look at the record: riddled with asbestos, won't fit under bridges and can't travel at night because the, the screen isn't on the right angle or something. So, yeah, you need the Australian conditions. I think that these need to be built in a bespoke way. And we need to start backing on Aussie, Aussie engineering here, Marcus. There's some wonderful firms right throughout New South Wales, particularly in the Hunter Valley. Absolutely. They can do great jobs here, and I don't understand why we don't do it. All right, mate. Good to have you on. We appreciate catching up. We'll talk next week. All the best, Marcus. Bye, mate. New South Wales Opposition Leader Chris Minns.